Hello and welcome to episode 10 of what we're listening to, Double Digis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my name is Josh Richmond. As always, is my good friend and Armenian free jazz enthusiast, Asher. How are you, buddy? <laughs> that album isn't even out yet. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited. Oh, really? <laughs> it's no, very free got- then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm, we got a lot to talk about this week, I think, which will be fun. Yes. Um, but before we get to that, in honor of uh, the song Ashes to Ashes, which is the David Bowie song, turning 40 today, uh, today's impossible quiz will be Bowie-themed. <laughs> I didn't even know he had a song called Ashes to Ashes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of his more famous singles um, sure. from the 80s. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, as really any chance to talk about Bowie is one that I will take. So, uh, as you may know, he's quite famous for having a number of performing personas. Yes. Um, I, there is no official list of all of their names. I've compiled up what I think is a fairly good consensus. You're the official list, aren't you? I've I've gone through a number of internet lists as of yesterday and the day before, and I found twelve that are kind of like the settled on like ones. Um, yeah, this is impossible. <laughs> no, I'll give you, Kate. You can name three of them. Well, Ziggy Stardust. Okay, good. That's all I got, man. I have no idea <laughs> after that. <laughs> I didn't know he I had that. Many. I would have. G- I would have given you even the Goblin King from Labyrinth if you went with that. Oh, really? Okay. Because I have uh, seen that, but I didn't know that that was like a stage name. It's not really, but some people. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of these, and they actually span from his first album to his last one. Even Blackstar has some uh, persona work going on it. I liked um, I liked the clips for Blackstar. They were very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So the guy with the the, the button eyes—that's kind of a it's not Caroline's uh, father. One. <laughs> no, uh, but probably the most famous ones. Hmm. You got Ziggy Stardust. Hmm. You have um, like a red hair Thunderbolt Bowie. That's called Aladdin Sane. Okay. Uh, then you have the thin white Duke, who's kind of a bit of a jerk, but he was in the eighties. Right. And then you have David Bowie himself. That's actually not his real name. Um, What's his real name? His real name is. David Thomas Jones. Okay. And uh, he started making music under Davy Jones, and then the monkeys came around. Mm. And then he started making music as Tom Jones, and that stopped very quickly after a certain <laughs> Welshman came around. So he's like, okay, third third time's the charm, I guess. I'll go name myself to one of my long-lost uncles. But mm. that's unfortunately, Asher, a big fail. Yeah. I was listening to um, No Such Thing as a Fish last night, and they had a mention of david bowie and he getting him getting his name um for major tom from tom major um i believe it was a pm or someone in parliament um yeah so yeah he got that name for the song from that saw a poster or something uh, yeah yeah i i do one of my one of my to give yous is very much the uh Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. It's on, I think, yeah. Is that the name of the entire album? Yes. Wow, okay. I mean, I don't know much (laughs) Bowie at all, so I'm open to that. I think I have one album with changes on it, possibly, that I I have not listened to really. Um, So... Yeah, it's that's called hunky. That's called hunky dory. It's the one before Ziggy Stardust, and he's kind of the one before he got super super famous. Yep. Cool. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough Bowie talk. Um, do we have any catch up? Uh, just a just a couple of things. Um, I just wanted to follow up uh, on Taylor t- uh, slightly. Um, Taylor Swift from last <laughs> episode. Um, I just wanted to say for the record, when I was listening to it. Um, it was actually my wife who made a comment about her voice being super distinct, and I wanted to give her cred because she was she was good when we were chatting about um, her new album <laughs> and just what we thought of it. And so, because she mentions like, oh, her voice is super distinct, and you can kind of usually tell when it's her. And so, cred to her. But um, also, I was re-listening to the two tracks we put on the playlist, um, "Exile" and "Peace." 
And yeah, I don't like Bonnie Ver or like Justin Vernon's voice singing Taylor melodies. They don't suit him. Like the chorus of that song is those jumps. I think they're like fifths or something. And like, like it's, it just doesn't yeah. suit him until the bridge or like the verse is fine. I mean, it's still very, it's, you can kind of feel like Taylor wrote the verse and the chorus and then Justin wrote the, wrote the bridge because the bridge is like pure Bonnie Ver. It's kind of loose, too many words, um, kind of like lots of really interesting dynamic stuff going on. And then the verses in the chorus are very Taylor, but when he sings them, they just don't quite fit his voice. So I don't mind that song, but it just feels like it doesn't quite work for him. But yeah, anyway, that's just me. Just wanted to follow that up after listening to it again. That's all the follow up I have. <laughs> I mostly enjoyed the rare chance to hear Bonnie Vare sing without auto tune and in like a low register for the first time in like a decade. I was just kind of relishing in that. <laughs> um, I, I I have two small things. Mm. Uh, one's kind of connected to Taylor, uh, but I listened to the Mount Erie stuff you gave me. Mm. Um. Uh, super bleak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the first track, especially for me, was quite um, what's the word? Quite heart touching, heart wrenching. Yeah, um, yeah. It it really got the point across of uh, what this guy was going through. Well, the backpack that his wife ordered for their daughter that arrived after she died. Yeah. It's just kind of like yeah, the reality hits home. Yeah, yeah, and just the image of him like crying at his doorstep, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, really sad. Yeah, it sets the tone for the whole album, pretty much. That song. Yeah, very genuine, mm. which is uh, what, what you talked about last time. And uh, we can we can cut this out if you think it's inappropriate. But I, I think I was listening to our conversation about Taylor. And I've seen this kind of stuff talked about before. And there's this kind of idea in postmodern art criticism um, of experience and individualism kind of trumping uh, how people consume or understand art and music. Um, like, Like music can be not for a person or if it's not made for a person, then they can't understand it or, hmm. and then they're not allowed to talk about it kind of thing. And that really bugs me. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, are you referring to like me saying, I just don't quite understand Taylor or, or kind of like, yeah. or even with Mount Erie, how I felt like I didn't want to say too much bad about it because I hadn't experienced that. I think I think a little bit of both. Mm. I I would say the separation between Mount Erie and Taylor, for example, is that Mount Erie is trying to um open up in a way and help you understand that experience. Mm. While so, some pop musicians and musicians kind of go towards if you don't understand it, you're not allowed to listen to it or talk about it kind of thing. Mm. And I think that's really crummy when it comes to music. I'm much more like um uh, like a Stevie Wonder kind of uh, uh, Sir Duke attitude of music. Mm -hmm. You know, like the first verse, music is a world within itself with a language we'll understand with an equal opportunity for all to sing, dance, and clap their hands. And that's coming from Stevie Wonder, you know? Mm. And I I, I love that so much more than this idea of like, uh, I'm going to make music that people can't understand and if they don't or shouldn't, then they don't want to talk about it. I think that's kind of... Anyway. No, I get that. That's very fair. Um, um, I don't think that's the reason why I made my comments. I think it's that um, there's certain lyrical things which I feel like I don't necessarily have the knowledge to comment on, but I'm happy to keep listening to it. Like I'm, I'm happy to engage with it and I don't feel like I'm restricted in listening to stuff. I just don't want to mm. sound like a bit of a fool trying to talk about things that I don't understand, <laughs> which I'm very okay. Sounding like a fool, which I can often. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, that, yeah. And that's this, a fair this point isn't, though. This isn't about you or Taylor. This isn't about you or Taylor in specifics. I was just kind of thinking about this as we, no, it's a good point. As the idea of like musical criticism came to my head and we were talking about it. Yeah. 
No, that's fair. And if somebody and if somebody makes music specifically to like exclude people, then honestly, I don't want to talk about it anyways because it's not worth listening to. <laughs> anyway, that's all the catch-up I had. Cool. Uh, own time. On to the reviews. Uh, so what have you been listening to then, sir? So I've been listening to a really lovely band that um, I got a while ago and enjoyed, contemplated whether I should give it to you or not, and then decided I just wanted to really talk about it. And um, so I'm talking about a band yeah. called Those Lavender Whales. Um, so I saw these posted on Half-Handed Clouds um a Facebook page a while back and yeah. and didn't really I had them in my wish list and went, oh I should check them out sooner or later. But then recently Half Handed Cloud did a live stream on um around Easter time, I oh no, around Pentecost or something like that. And he did comment on these two albums. He pulled out the vinyls and said, Oh, I've been thinking about this band recently because it's actually the one-year anniversary. It was the one-year anniversary of the lead singer's death this past June. So um, it's not necessarily going to be another review about a really sad album. So, but that was the context. (laughs) That was the context for kind of beginning these these albums. So there are two albums. I'm not going to review them both. But the first one's called Tomahawk of Praise, and the second one's called My Bones Are Singing. So between the two of them, the lead singer was diagnosed with a brain tumour and, um, mm. and then a year after the, the second album was out, he passed away. Um, and so I was kind of listening through this lens um, and, but also just really enjoying the sounds of what they are. So I'll give you a bit of a, a description. So they're from South Carolina. Um, they're very charming. Like it's kind of um, very humble feeling bedroom pop rock sort of thing except that it's really well produced they've evidently done a really good job of um, recording and I don't know if they do it themselves I imagine it sounds like they do it in a studio they're really lovely kind of four piece so um, the lead singer Aaron Graves and his wife are the two members and then it looks like there's two other friends Um, and they they're gonna have this very charming folky sound with some really old worldy harmonies and things like that. Um, mm. And they don't take themselves too seriously. Um, if you, I'm going to put one of their videos in the show notes for a song that's off this album called My Bones Are Singing. And the song's called I Love My Friends. And it's just a very sweet video. It's, um, you know, it's got donuts in it and them just kind of having a bit of a fun time. And, and um, it, you know, the two other singers like popping their heads out from behind the lead singer doing the like these really high harmony vocals sort of thing it's really it's quite sweet so it almost feels a little bit um welcome wagon kind of thing do you know the welcome wagon yeah yeah yeah, okay but it's not that kind of um sound it's not yeah it's not so folky it's a bit more rocky as well and there's elements on this album it goes everywhere like there's one song i love which has almost got kind of post-rock drums i just love the way it was produced and there's a big drums and then like cellos and and um and guitars and stuff but then the lyrics are often a little bit humble this song's called um uh i want to cook it uh how to cook everything and um he's just like the first lyric is like I wish that I could cook a little bit more than I would get to cook, you know, and just these, (laughs) I think that knowing about his brain tumor has caused him to kind of reflect upon very ordinary things around him. I love my friends. And, um, the first track is called growing and it just, I get it in my head very often. It's like, there's good types of growing, but there's also some really bad types of growing. There's good types of people but I don't think there's really bad types of people. They may be sometimes just confused or they're not built the same way as me and you. Like it's a very humble sort of thing. And I think that his, Mm. I think that his Christian faith also impacts his perception of like his, his um, medical condition and all this sort of thing. And, and causes him to be quite reflective in a different way, not comparing him badly to Mount Erie, 
Mount Erie, I feel, is a very different type of record. And so I'm not you know, saying one is a better or worse way of dealing with loss. Um, I think yeah. it's just different when you are the person who is effectively dying. And so it's a very beautiful album. Um, I've really enjoyed just exploring it for more than a couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, I've been listening to it for about a month and a half or so. And I get these songs stuck in my head and and I have just enjoyed the, yeah, not only the lyrical content but the um, the intricacies and different tonal exploration they take. So, it's, yeah, it's not kind of one sound. I feel like they do some really interesting experiments with the way they write songs. So, um, okay. yeah, um, my favourite tracks I think are, yeah, Growing, um, how to cook everything and I love my friends <laughs> and then there's that the last song my body stops my mind yeah it's quite this reflection upon mortality mm. and um and yeah it just seems like a very nice community this band and like there was a GoFundMe set up for his wife after his passing and and just you know they've tried to really rally around each other and and so yeah it was I'm glad to be introduced to them and um yeah, I think that you'd enjoy them and I think that they're just a very charming, um, very humble sort of band. So I've enjoyed that for the past mm. few weeks. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's interesting to have a, a very different approach to, to, to death and loss from a perspective you were talking about. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a listen. Yeah. And what have you been listening to? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I had a completely different album planned that I was, you know, going through and reviewing and listening to, <laughs> and then, um, and then something came out last week that completely derailed everything that I was doing, basically. <laughs> um, yes, I may have gotten so, several tweets and texts about this. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so in the last week I've been listening to the Fontaine's DC second album called The Hero's Death. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, it's so good. I, yeah, it, it, it completely took over everything I was doing. So, yeah. um, a little bit of context. I think we talked about their first album uh, called Dog Roll. Mm-hmm. And that's very much kind of set and planted in Dublin. Um, and their newer album uh, is very much contextually related to that, but not the same as that. Um, so kind of, since their first album came out, they've kind of, the Fontaines have gained a lot of like accolades and notoriety and fame in some ways. They kind of, uh, went pretty far with that. Hmm. Um, and this second album is a very kind of abrupt deconstruction of those ideas. Uh, so while dog world is like settled and placed, this new album is very nomadic and kind of, uh, trying to put off those titles that have been given to them, like rock and roll band and, you know, Dubliners and kind of the new faces and that kind of stuff. Hmm. So they're, very much trying to break those things down. Um, And you can kind of see that. I think you see that easiest in the first and the last song. The first song's even called I Don't Belong on the choruses. I Don't Belong to Anyone. Um, And then the last track is one called No. And I'll read the the verses for Hmm. you. Um, Give us all you got. You're in love and then you're not. You can lock yourself away. Just appreciate the gray. You have hurt and you have lost. You've acquainted with the cost. The one that comes with feeling deep. You're still paying in your sleep. Now you're rolling in the dirt, paying up to what's your worth. And we know what freedom brings, the awful songs it makes you sing. Don't you play around with blame. It does nothing for the pain. And please don't lock yourself away. Just appreciate the gray. And I think the singer and the band are trying to um, find a, like a place for themselves in this world where all of a sudden they have you know, like money and fame and some, some methods of notoriety. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I, I kind of quite appreciated that because a lot of bands would take their second album and just kind of like expand musically, but not, uh, thematically on how their lives are. Hmm. And this is an opportunity that this band has taken to actually, like look at how their lives are doing and then actually work through that rather than just musically. 
Sounds um, very interesting. Yeah, in terms of musically, this album is very much a welcome evolution of their first. Um, sounds are more spacious, more experimental. Um, there's a lot of repetition in this album. It's quite a, um, like, lyrically and musically, it's a very, um, like, hard-hitting and repeating, just to really get the, the sounds ingrained into you. Hmm. There's pretty much wall-to-wall praise for this record that I've seen online and reading through articles, and I kind of have to agree. Hmm. Um, if you like some brilliant poetry with some really deep, dark, post-punk, uh, not beholden to any other older kind of stuff, it's really good. And it's quite unexpected in turns. If you ever wanted to hear a post-punk Irish deconstruction of a Beach Boys song or theme. That's oddly There's specific. one of those in this album. That's oddly specific. Like, yeah, they have a song called Sunny, and it's on, it's the second last song on the album. And I was listening to it, and like, this sounds like, like if the Beach Boys were just, like, completely demented. And I kind of love it. It's really strange and really surprising. Um and it's like, yeah, the, the back of the album is brilliant, I think. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, solid nine and a half out of ten for me. I've, I've been in love with it. That's great. I did enjoy the tracks from uh, that you put on the playlist when, we, when you reviewed them way back. Um, I, yeah. like, I mean, because I've enjoyed your introduction to me of, like, UK post-punk stuff I, I kind of enjoy that spoken <laughs> word yeah I think I said it, it sounded a little bit kind of like me without you that spoken word poetry sometimes um, yes on top of kind of really cool band sound but um yeah I'll give it a I'll give it a go interested yeah the the lead, the lead singer quote-unquote uh, Grian is very much still in that kind of area of lyricism as well mm. um and I think I think it's used quite effectively in this particular medium. Yeah. But yeah. I've, yeah. That's me. That's excellent. Nice. Give it a listen. I will. Uh, homework. <laughs> Unnecessary clearing your throat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I uh, gave Asher. Um, mostly because he wouldn't stop listening to the song Magnolia, which is a song by this band. Uh, this the second album by an Aussie indie rock group, Gang of Youths, called Go Farther in Lightness. Uh, this album, when it came out in 2017, I think, won a ton of arias, uh, which is an Australian music award, and pushed them into a fairly substantial limelight. Um, it's also quite a long album. <laughs> I think it's almost four uh, what, times think about it? <laughs> almost four times the length of Half Headed Clouds Flying Scroll. Yeah, it's like an hour, hour and ten minutes or something like that. Almost an hour and twenty. Yeah. Um, what do you think, buddy? I feel like my thoughts are a bit all over the shop, so maybe you can help me in the dialogue. But um, here's an overall. My mind keeps swinging back and forth between feeling like this is like a great piece of art with a very interesting narrative and then feeling like it's a bit of a disparate collection of pop punk songs with not really a clear vision. Like Mm. my mind keeps going back and forth. Like I'll hear songs like persevere, which I don't necessarily love tonally, but lyrically I'm quite interested because for those who don't know, um, David Leo Pepe, um, however you say that, I'm bad at it, um, is a lead singer and has had a pretty rough life, Um, you know, used to go to Hillsong and met uh, all of his bandmates there, had a bit of a tumultuous first marriage and his wife had cancer, um, like a melanoma and and that kind of, I, I think she is fine. I could be wrong, but um, I, I think she's okay, but their marriage did not survive. And then other things happened and rehab and all this sort of thing. And I think he's still not quite, he he seems to have kind of let go of his past, but can't quite let go. Like he's he's moved on from it. And so all these songs feel like a wrestling with his past in some way. And I like, mm. I find that very, honest and admirable in putting such 
deep and um, heartfelt lyrics on what is evidently trying to be a very mainstream accessible album, if that makes sense. Um, so, but sometimes it feels like the lyrics could be more interesting. Does that make sense? Like I go, sometimes I feel like they've dumbed down the lyrics. Like the song, the heart is a muscle interests me very, very little. Um, and I feel like (laughs) it's such a, in some ways, like we talked about with Taylor, such a basic metaphor. I'm like, I, yeah, the heart is muscle and I'm going to want to make it strong. I'm like, that's a good sentiment. It just feels like the rest of the album has very, very um, well thought out lyrics. And then you kind of get these pop songs that feel like they're just meant to be a, a like a radio hit. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. This is, a, I feel a very human album in some ways. Like it's um, a lot of the expressions are quite known desires. Mm. Like, I want to be loved and I want to be courageous and, yeah. you know, I want to take a chance when it's in front of, like all those kind of like things are there. Yeah. Um, and in an album this large, it does veer from these big like stadio rock songs to kind of like weird little musical string interludes and quieter ones, which are much more reflective. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like I like those things on their own. I felt like, yeah, they didn't quite fit with what was going on around mm. them. And I'm trying to get the theme, the the French themes and also the Greek gods themes. <laughs> I'm kind of like a bit confused by all the stuff. Not that like you can't do that. I just, I'm just trying to pitch it. I mean, I'm an albums guy, so I'm kind of like, what's the, what's the feel of this album? When you, when you have yeah. songs like the heart is a muscle, um, alongside like a, a string quartet and then some French being spoken on another song. I'm just trying to piece it all together. And then so many Greek God references, Atlas, Achilles, and is it Sisyphus who pushes the boulder up the hill? Um, yes. And so there's just so many references to Greek gods and I'm like, okay, which country are we in? What, um, what are we doing here? And, and some of the, a majority of the songs kind of left me a bit cold except that some of them really got stuck in my head so like (laughs) um i love what we can do if the fire goes out like i know that you were saying that you feel like the gold is towards the back half of the album but that that song is like right near the start and i really enjoy it i mean even the even the opener's really good like some of these songs are real bangers like they're great um and so I really enjoyed that. I liked Persevere, as I said. Um, the deepest of size one. Um, I remember being in Vancouver and seeing this single come out. So I did know one song off this album. And I watched the video mm. of him being chased by the cops in the New South Wales. Like running through a field. Yeah, New South Wales, <laughs> like countryside with handcuffs on. And I'm like, it's such a funny uh, look. I don't want to sound patronising, but it is, it is strange and like, it's just it's just an interesting persona to put on. Like I don't know. The rebel. Yeah, I mean I don't know. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. I just I don't no, 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 understand I don't understand pop music sometimes. I'm just I'm probably yeah. the worst guy to be reviewing this kind of thing because I just don't I don't take it <laughs> as it is. Um so a lot of this sounds like the national. <laughs> Did you get that? Like the drumming is really... In pieces, yeah. Yeah. The first part of the album, like, and even on Persevere, um, what's that song by The National that starts, Hang Your Holiday Lights in the Garden? Um, It's called Gospel. Yeah. That song is basically the opening of Persevere. It's almost the exact same melody. I was like, I was taken aback for a moment. I was like, what? Um, But so... Yeah, there seems to be a lot of national influence um, in the way that um, David sings is a bit similar to Matt Berniger a little bit in my mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I wonder whether there was just too much pressure to make this very accessible 
at times because songs like don't let your do not let your spirit wane is one of the most boring songs in the album for me like i'm sure lyrically it's quite profound but there's something about the the arrangement and the strings and the synths it just kind of i just skipped it each time I was just a little bit like, ah, uh. and ironically, <laughs> I, ironically, it sounds a bit like Hillsong. <laughs> like, oh, that's fine. Don't, don't tell him that. Well, he can't really change his heritage. Right. And that's, I mean, their sound is quite iconic and yeah, it just, it felt like the chorus, the bridges felt like, yeah, it was from a, a big mega church kind of anthem ish. So, I don't want to be patronizing. I'm just like, oh, it just didn't really, yeah, it didn't really float my boat so much. I'm sorry about yeah. that. And I don't, yeah, no. like he's, I don't want to be kind of like judging all the kind of themes and that sort of thing. I, like I said, the themes were the thing that actually kept me there and helped me to kind of engage with it because I, yeah, I, I appreciated the honesty um, and, and uh, I must confess, Say Yes to Life, the last song, was quite moving. Um, yeah, it's there were some moments that were quite moving um, lyrically. Um, but it just, yeah, I just felt a little bit, yeah, left me a little bit cold on a majority of the songs. Anyway, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Did you have anything to add to that? Um, I mean... I was first captured by this, the sound of this album because of its like huge, I, I feel very Springsteen influences on the first three songs that are like, oh yeah, this is like something you play in a stadium. Yep. And then the more and more I listen to it, I actually quite enjoy the quieter songs I feel like, um, like Achilles come down or. Our time is short. I think is actually my favorite song on the album. So like uh. a, a lot more. I like you could say they're they're a little less um, sophisticated, maybe when it comes to musically. But I, I, f I really enjoy listening to him sing, just because it's nice to hear a baritone every now and then. Mm. And I think he sings quite nice, and so it's kind of he has a that show beautiful voice, that. and they're great yeah, musicians. Really oh, I don't deny that. Like. They're really good musicians. Um, he has a beautiful voice. And did you just, you texted me yesterday, the violinist from Noah and the Whale <laughs> is now in this band? Yeah. Well, we've talked about Noah and the Whale very referentially a little bit. Um, <laughs> Noah and the Whale were a, a British band from the 2010s um, who I, I informed actually yesterday had broken up in 2015. I did not know this. <laughs> um and yeah uh their their violin player and keyboardist joined the gang of views this year yeah. um and they managed to play one gig together before the world shut down in february and anyway um yeah i i think it's a beautiful album like in terms of musical abilities like there's some amazing guitar sounds which i wish i could emulate um, so I, I agree with you on that. There's some pretty massive, like the opening song, right? That begins with just piano and, and his voice and then kind of the yeah. huge chords and drums and stuff. It's pretty great. And the, I like the speed up, the, the tempo change. Yeah, That was cool. It, 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 it's a good opener. It gets you into the, into the album, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm sorry to be a bit critical. I just, yeah, I just was, because it was so big, it needed to have a bit of a clear vision across all the tracks and it felt like it well, lost me at certain points. That's very fair. Yeah. Something, some things need to be cut down a little bit to, to shine a little bit more, you know? Mm. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for sending it through. <laughs> I did. I did enjoy listening to it. it. In fact, it was all I listened to for about a week because it was so massive and I hadn't decided what I was going to talk about as my main review. So it took center stage. I gave it a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'll stop talking about that. Let me tell you what <laughs> I gave Josh this week. I gave Josh a bit of a tongue in cheek album. Um, so I gave Josh an album called Takes Time by Jim Guthrie. 
Um, I don't know if Jim is related to Woody, but he does have some folky vibes. <laughs> so Jim Guthrie is a Canadian from the little town of Guelph, um, which I have visited. It's a, quite a sweet little town. Um, and he is a folk musician who, folk kind of new modern folk musician who kind of met his fame in writing the soundtrack to Sword and Sorcery EP, which was a game that came out in 2011, 2012, um, which was one of the big first indie hits uh, to kind of hit mainstream audiences. Um, and his game, his music was a central part and he's in the game as well. So it's quite an interesting little thing. And off the back of that, I then got into all of his other music and decided I wanted to give Josh, uh, this album, which is a bit more of his folky stuff called takes time. So, uh, what did you mm. think? <clears throat> uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed this actually. Uh, I'll be honest. I need to listen to it a bit more. Um, Fontaine's took maybe it was a little bit, cr- <laughs> a little bit crammed this week. I listened to it a couple of times, but I, um, my general impression is that I really enjoyed this. Mm. I'm curious, just like what actual genre you would stake this as? Yeah, it, um, I mean, I I go with like modern folk. It does have a lot of other elements in it, but it just it does feel yeah. quite folky from my point of view. Like the first song, the first two songs are quite. Or, yeah, it's almost like a bit rock and roll. Like uh, Difference mm. a Day makes has that guitar solo. It feels very, yeah, very old school rock and roll. But what do you think? So there's a Canadian band that this album actually reminds me of a lot, which is called Elliot Brood. Don't know. Um, they're like a, they're, they're, they're a pretty indie band from Canada. Mm. And... Um, they describe their music as death country, um, as, as a bit of a joke, but I kind of get it. Like it's like, like a banjo and then like an acoustic guitar with distortion on it Mm. and like some gravelly vocals and drums. And I like some pieces of that I could find in this album, especially in difference of day mix. Mm. And I'd actually love to see a little bit more of that. So some of these songs I feel could have had a touch more. Um, heaviness to them mm. in the in the in their kind of it kind of builds on that kind of uh foreboding western movie mood that someone kind of inhabit a little bit yeah it does have a bit of a western sound doesn't it yeah um i get what you mean yeah, it's about a little over the sh- <laughs> sorry no i get what you mean about difference a day makes it could have some of the other songs could have done with that kind of heaviness um, to complement and balance out the album. It feels like the front half is a bit different than the back, but yeah. Yeah. I, but it, it's a little over the shop. It's roots are very folk country and there's lots of stuff on top. I, I loved a lot of the songs and, uh, especially some string parts that are just kind of just, a, just a little bit there, not like overpowering. Mm. Um, like on, uh, what's it? Uh, the sound of wanting more. It's one of the last tracks on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a little bit kind of Paul McCartney-esque, a little, little extra something, something, and it really makes the song pop. Um, mm. But yeah, like for the most part, I just really enjoyed this kind of uh, off, off-brand folk distortion album. Mm. Um, I'm definitely going to keep listening to it and give it a little more attention, but I, it's been um, a good change from the kind of heavy stuff I've been listening to in the last week. Mm solid seven out of ten you know oh thank um, yeah nice did you yeah the, the, the two openers are really great did you like the kind of um silliness of the lyrics did you notice um any of like for instance um the lyrics for the rest is yet to come i'll need, I'll need, I'll need to take a look at those i haven't oh that's right lyrics it hasn't reached the, the point where like yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't reached that point where like the lyrics have even paid attention to them at all yet in my brain. So I've got it. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'll just tell you some of the things I found amusing. So, you know, the chorus um, of this song called The Rest Is Yet To Come, it says, you know, um, and you said, the rest is yet to come. I said, don't you mean the best? You said, we're making a huge mess. Won't lay down, won't confess, all burnt out and won't succumb. Ah, but the the rest is yet to come. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
and also taking my time. Um, there was like, uh, like it's just all these silly things, like just like this bottle of wine, it's going to take time, <laughs> you know, or yeah. the difference a day makes. That's one of my favorite songs that he's ever written. And if I do some covers, sometimes I pull this out most of the time. It's just such a beautiful melody to sing. And it's such a, such a, it's such a natural progression from one part to the next. And, um, the chords are beautiful as well. It's just a, it's a very well-written song. Um, mm. I should actually send you, he did an, a tiny desk one day, um, with his band. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he's kind of big. Like I have, he's got a, a biography. Someone's written a biography about him, which I have, um, like he seems a bit small, but I think that he's been quite influential in a lot of the music scene around Guelph and Toronto, um, where he now lives. And then with his soundtracks, like, so he's been doing a lot of game soundtracks for some relatively big indie games out there. So he did sword and sorcery, mm. but then he did a game called below, which came out recently. You might've heard that one. Yeah. And then yeah. he's recently been doing some Apple Arcade ones. He did one of the soundtracks to the Reigns games. You know, those um, interesting, they're on iOS and um, you kind of, it's a choose your own adventure about you're a king and you're trying to like make decisions. Have you ever played them? Okay. Yeah. 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 I got, I got yeah. So he's kind of, I've not, I've not played them in a yeah, while. he's kind of got his fingers in a lot of pies and um, yeah, he does a really good job. I've, I've really enjoyed his his music and every time I come back to it, I go, it, why am I not listening to this more? There's just so much gold here. Yeah. Oh, and he did a beautiful soundtrack to a game called Planet Coaster, which is like a big sim game where you build roller coasters and theme parks. But it all is honestly like my wife requests this soundtrack a lot because it's just so happy. It's like folky, like um, it's kind of like, um, the Lumineers, but a bit happier, like really upbeat yeah. sort of thing with ukuleles, mandolins, guitars, and all this sort of thing. I'll send you that. It's a very sweet album. So, yeah. Oh. Anyway, he's a bit of an unknown gem in Canadian um, circles. And I think if you read on the <laughs> bottom of this description on Bandcamp, he, or maybe it's somewhere else, this album almost got the Juno Award, but lost to Feist. So, um, Feist's, uh, album that had one two three four on it um kind of beat him but he was at the time yeah writing this kind of up there in the the charts so yeah at least in the canadian ones so it's a, yeah it's a weirder intersection of like having this guy write all these um kind of themes for video games and then also his own music yeah yeah he's quite diverse is what i can Fear, like see from that is that yeah he and a lot of his earlier stuff is more singer songwriter um and he did a lot there's like a lot of content there and then moved then he started enjoying writing for video games because he didn't have to kind of travel and gig so much and he could just compose and and send it out there so yeah i've i'm glad you enjoyed this album and um and listeners yeah. you should definitely check out his kind of discography it's pretty vast and amazing Honorable mentions. All right, here we go. I've tried to cull this a bit, but I'll see how I go. Yeah, me too, me too actually. Would you like me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. <laughs> You're going to keep that in, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, um, uh, I, f I started following this account on Twitter um, uh, and she is evidently a German um, musician and she's been releasing these um, these little how-to videos. They're like called how-to bangers and it's like how to write a really cool tune, like an electronic <laughs> song. And it's they're great. They're very funny. And so I'm going to put them in the show notes. They're, they're not on Bandcamp or anywhere yet, but I've just enjoyed watching these little how-to videos of like, yeah, just kind of writing some electronic music that is really awesome <laughs> kind of the stuff you'd expect on the hotline miami soundtrack sort of thing yeah okay. um 
This is a big one for me. I don't want to say too much more about it, but Sun Lux is releasing a new album in a week's Ooh. time and I'm very excited. Um, I've just been trying to, I'm not going to say too much because I want to save it for next episode, but I have been listening to some of his other EPs in preparation for his new album, Tomorrow's One. Oh, and by the way, it's a three-part album being released over the next oh like six months or something. <laughs> So, and they're all full albums. So it's just, they've been writing since the end of Brighter Wounds and, and now they're releasing these three albums. (laughs) It's just mammoth. And the single, you should check it out. I'll put it in the show notes is divine. It's very beautiful. And, um, I'll talk more a bit about Sunlux, but in addition to that, I've been listening to one of his EPs called uh, Remedy. And this was an EP I heard a while ago, but just didn't get until now. And the, the lead single on it called Dangerous is fantastic. It's like I can't even quite tell what type of signature the guitar is in, um, but mm. the drums, like the three of them together, I will say this again next week, that they are the best trio I know of. Like their combo is just peak, peak trio for me. It's just <laughs> incredible. So anyway, it's all the drummer, man. I'm telling you, it's all the drummer. I don't think Those... so. I know that you want oh. to think it's all Ian, but there is more to it than that. And I'm going to, yeah, I'll save it. But there is some interesting combo between Ryan, um, Rafik and Ian that is just legendary. So, I mean, I can, you can disagree next week too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'll leave Sunlux, but check it out and get ready. Um, Secondly, or thirdly, I've been listening to the Risk of Rain 2 soundtrack. Um, So this was, I I got this a while ago, but it's just formally been released after being in an early access soundtrack. And if you want some prog, rock, electronic sort of game soundtrack stuff, check this out. It is phenomenal. So I can never quite say his name properly. But I think it's Chris, Chris, <laughs> Christodoulou, um from Athens is just a phenomenal writer. And this soundtrack is as good, if not better than the first. Or, I mean, the uh-huh. first is very, very iconic. And, you know, putting many hours into that game has solidified that soundtrack in my head. But the second one is very good. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, um, this was a, a strange thing on Reddit um, popped up. Alana Morissette singing a new song from a new album. Um, did you see this? No. I. It was very good. It was very beautiful. I, I, mean, don't pay, I don't pay much attention to Alanis Morissette's movements, to be honest. No, no, neither have I. But um, it just popped up and she's obviously a lot older now. She's a mother and she. it's kind of sweet because she's singing this song on a talk show, but she's singing it remotely and she's got her daughter with her and her daughter's constantly interrupting her while she's singing, but the song's about her <laughs> children. So it's kind of very sweet. And I just, her vocal delivery is incredible. I was very impressed. So, um, yeah, props to her. I never, I didn't know she was still making music, but this was a great song. So I'll put that there. Um, uh, oh, two last random ones. Um, <laughs> Dylan, Bob Dylan's fake song Friday came to the forefront again for some reason. I just need to highlight this song for all those who never heard it. Like, I know this is like almost a decade old, but when Rebecca Black dropped her song Friday, this fake song came out that was someone mimicking Bob Dylan. And it still comes to my mind every now and then. And... If you do yourself a favor and read the comments on this YouTube clip, because everyone gets the joke and it is hilarious. It's very, very funny. So, yeah. Actually, I haven't thought about this music video since 2011. I know. It just it came back to me the other day um, because I, I think someone quoted me, you know, it's Friday. And I was like, oh, yeah, you've heard like Dylan, right? And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I showed them the Dylan version. They thought it was great. Um, my last thing, and then I'll I'll shut up. Um, I've been listening to um, a release, which is a bit of a different one. This is like a almost a. It's probably a noise album um, by a band called Bricks, and 
they're an outfit from uh, the east coast of the states um, and it's released off Flag Day Recordings and this album is very interesting. I, I buy a lot of Flag Day Recordings stuff um, and it's it's quite, it's pretty much 100% texture. It's like all sounds and textures and um, but the difference is there's actually lyrics on top of this kind of noise drone stuff which is not typical of this mm. genre. Um, and it's pretty heavy. It's like, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff, but if you're into that kind of thing, maybe check it out. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that is all my honorable (laughs) mentions. Sorry. That's all right. Um, I only have a couple. Um, there's a new track from, uh, baths. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's the collaboration. Um, with someone I've never heard of before, but it's, uh, yeah. Tell us the title of the track, uh, Josh. I can't pronounce it in human words. I think it's euro, 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 up, up, percent, percent, five exclamation marks, heaven, six exclamation marks, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's quite a jaunty song as well, which I, it's... um. I mean, it's been a while since there's been any actual new Baths music, and so I'm excited to see if he's kind of you know going to make a new album. It's going to keep in this direction of quite upbeat stuff from him, mm. which has been enjoyable in the past. Yeah, I like that track um, too. It was nice. It's with um, it's a collaboration, right? Yeah, la 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 la. Is that her name? <laughs> or someone? It's like four lalas in some random la 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 and Baths. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's been a song that's been getting radio play in Vancouver, which is uh, a year old single from a guy in Europe or in the UK rather. Um, a song called Helen Back by a fellow named Bakar. Um, I don't know it. and it's kind of like a nouveau reggae soul kind of sweet little jam. It's, it's great for summertime and it's, um, it's got one of those infectious kind of whistle, chorus parts to it so you're like oh it sticks in your head so easily mm. the evil whistle yeah like um, um home by um ed sharp yeah exactly uh and then uh a song called shoulders by a kiwi band called phaser days with a z um it's kind of more dream pop shoegaze that popped up on radio. Yeah. I, it's just the single and I've been really enjoying it, but I won't actually listen to the whole album. That's on my list of things to listen to. Cool. Um, but it's a great little solo kind of uh, shoegaze uh, little performance. And then um, I've been watching basically once to twice a day, a live performance by a Canadian artist um, called Leaf Volabeck. Um, I've shown you one of his songs in the past to which I think you said you didn't enjoy his voice and I refuse to accept that <laughs> and one day I will have you listen to all of his albums sure. all but, of them um, assign he his, all of his discography all, his homework all of them <laughs> yes uh, he does a live gig for a radio station with his band and he plays four songs from his uh, newest album which came out uh, recently and it's such a good gig and he's such a talented multi-instrumentalist that it just kind of like it doesn't sound like it it sounds really good and these are like great performances in their own and i would listen to them over the album in some cases like they're really really solid and i just been really enjoying watching and listening to that all the time basically Mm. i love leaf he's so great he's uh a shining star of Canadian music to me at the moment. I'm happy to give him another go. It's totally fine. <laughs> I will make you love this Frenchman, this Canadian Frenchman. Um, can I just mention something I forgot? You may be mentioning this, but the new Bonnie Ver track. Oh, yes. I actually didn't write that down. We want to talk about that. Yeah. Though. So it's called Ate Up All Their Cake. Yeah. Well, it's acronyms. Yeah. A U A T C. Did you see the shirts that came out? They look quite fantastic. <laughs> No, they're like the the image of the um, man on the front cover, but just like yeah, yeah. patterned all over the shirt. It's quite ridiculous. So, I mean, the, the 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 drawings give me real big yellow submarine vibes. Yeah, like the blue the blue meanie and that kind of stuff. 
Boniface really gone into this like pop arty kind of like hyper color field, hasn't he? Like mm. it's yeah. like the even the artwork currently in the profile picture on Bandcamp is the eye comma eye, which is really like vibrant and colorful and and um and so this this song is season episode two, season five of like these two new singles that have come out. The other one was called um, Please Don't Live in Fear. And they seem to be once off kind of almost political statements about things that are going on in the world. Um, Yeah. I really like them. Um, What do you think? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I, the, I listened more to the uh, Ate Up All The Cake song. Mm. Um, I find his, treatment of vocals really aggravating you don't like when um, he sounds like a chipmunk there yeah I, I i told ashley you could do without the album and the chipmunk filter it's like it's so muddy and like unrefined like i i get the the concept of like uh voice as instrument mm. and i applaud that mm. i just feel like bon Iver needs to sit down with like Nigel Godrick and like go over how he mastered like Kid A and Amnesiac and like here's how you can still have voice as instrument like without you don't need words clarity but you can do that and still make it sound listenable mm. like at the like the he got, he got a whole bunch of people to sing with him on this track like Bruce Springsteen and really? I could like I barely hear him could, yeah like there's all these guest vocalists you can barely pick him out because it's freaking filters all over the place and like the instrumentation is wonderful just give me give me a version without the without the vocal pass and i'll i'll listen to it on end you know i have to agree with you in that like on 22 a million stratford apartments was my least favorite song for that reason i didn't know why it sounded like he'd been sucking helium um when he wrote (laughs) like recorded it um because i don't yeah I mean, that's the part that I like the least about this new song, but I'm willing to let it slide because it's Bonnie Ver. But um, I, I agree with you in that it would be nice to hear a bit more of his voice on that travail. Like, I, I, I get the experiment. Yeah. I would just, I would, I would love it if someone was there next to him saying, hey, maybe tone it down a little bit, or it doesn't need to be all the time. Uh, yeah, like hmm. um, my my by far my favorite Bon Iver song is Heavenly Father, yeah, and I think that's kind of like the the pinnacle of this idea that he has of like he wants to use the voice as an instrument, and he does so like all like the backing noise and swells are vo- are voices, hmm. um, but it still has the clarity of him singing over top of it that you can very easily tell what's going on, and I think it sounds absolutely perfect, and it's kind of that's the pinnacle of Bon Iver for me when he kind of actually embraces these two ideas that he has in his head of like, I want to have the voice instrument go, mm. but yeah. I mean, um, I think I'm more of a, so one of my favorite songs, I don't know if it's my favorite, uh, but it's over soon. Um, that's yeah. probably peak for me. Um, and that's, I do like his very layered vocal. I don't necessarily love it when it's just him solo one track. I do like the multiples, mm. but um, I know what you mean. I've only heard Heavenly Father a couple of times because it's not actually on an album, oh, but it's it's so good. It's quite a beautiful track. Apparently, they did it like a cappella at the um, opera house, and a friend of mine saw him play, mm-hmm. and it was pretty amazing. Apparently, there's a YouTube video that that you should watch, and it's also very enjoyable. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks so much for listening to our first double digits episode of what we're listening to. Um, uh, We really appreciate you listening and taking the time to check out um, some new music. And we hope that you find lots of really interesting things. Um, As always, please uh, check us out on socials, um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you are interested and you want to leave a comment on um, podcasts, the Apple podcast app, then that would be great to um, share with your friends, let them know some things, uh, tweet us and disagree with stuff. All of that is fine. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks so much for listening and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. See you, Josh. See you, buddy.